Oh, thank you guys. I'm so, so glad and so appreciative of a, a church that is willing to send us out and cover us. And so I'm very appreciative of you all. I see a lot of faces that I haven't seen in a while, so I'm very excited that you're here with us today. So I'm, I'm here to talk about worship, and I want to go ahead and just say this up front. Like, I don't, I don't have any intention of answering every question that you have on worship. Uh, that's just ridiculous. There's not enough time in the day, the week, the month, the year to do that. But what my desire is is that we would do a, uh, present a nice foundation, a strong foundation for you to build upon as you walk with the Lord. That's my heartbeat today. So i got a question for you. I want to get some participation here. Um, raise your hand if you have been in a different worship service than this one here today. Raise it high. I need to see it. Raise it high. How many of you, keep them raised high, how many of you have been in a more conservative worship service than this right here? I feel like there's more people that raised their hand on that one. Okay, let me tell you my story a little bit. So my dad is Lutheran when growing up, and my mom was Catholic growing up. And then they both got saved and spirit-filled in the Jesus hippie movement. So my understanding and definition of worship was a little different, you know? I mean, like, we were a part of the charismatic community, so we all raised our hands and stuff. I remember we were kids dancing around, and, you know, Dad played at the Black Gospel Church down the road on Sunday nights because he was good enough, you know? They were like, they like that white boy. He can play, you know? So it was, it was a lot of fun, right, you know? And then I would go to Mass with my mother on New Year's Eve or Christmas Eve, and I was just like, I really wanted to worship God, so I, I volunteered to go with her every time, but it was just like, this is different. Yeah. And then you go to Grandmother's Church, you know? And like, can we raise our hands? Can we do that? And so the question like becomes like, okay, so is worship a service? Or is it like a special song in the service? Like the slow ones where we move and sway? You know how some people, they just, they just sway, you know, every time that slow song comes on? Is that worship? Is it like an act towards God the saying, Lord, I, I went out and helped the homeless this week. I worshiped you. You know, or if you're a Bible scholar, the first mention of worship in the Bible is Abraham slaying his son Isaac. And so is worship slaying our firstborn child? I mean, you know, a lot of questions and concerns, right? Well, I found this video that I felt like would be a good video to kind of set the tone for what we all really think in our heads when we go into different types of worship services. Go ahead and play that video. And I know that each church has its own worship style, you know which is cool. Some people are more expressive in worship, some people more subtle, and it's all good. Um, I go to a church that's pretty expressive in worship. It's, um, it's a hand-raising church. That's what it is, right? That's what, you know. Anybody here go to a hand-raising church? Anybody here? Sweet. Who here does not go to a hand-raising church? <laughs> some of you are trying. You're like, I can't. I want to. to I need to get some momentum. <laughs> totally cool. But hey, if you're not used to going to a hand-raising church, you want to go and join us, feel free to join us, but don't feel like you've got to join right in, okay? Start slow. we got a lot of different hand-raises that we use. We actually have names for our hand-raises. So I'm going to walk you through real quick, okay, what they are, just to let you know. Say you're at my church, music is rocking, start slow, hands in the pockets, little elbow flap, you're fine. Very subtle. Get warmed up. Get your heart rate up. When you're warmed up, start with the first one. Ready? Carry the TV. Carry the TV. That's our first one. Very subtle. 
Go to big screen. Big screen, a little wider. Next one's my fish was this big. My fish was this big. If you're a liar, you go out there, that's fine. Don't worry about it. Jesus loves you, Grace. Next one's hold my baby. Hold my baby. Got dueling light bulbs. That's our next one, dueling light bulbs. Got goalpost. Everybody knows goalpost. Throwing a heartburn. A lot of people like to do heartburn. Double heartburn, right back to goalpost. What's my favorite? Mufasa. Mufasa, that's my favorite. The circle of life. Tim, can you go higher? Yes, you can. You can take one hand, go a bunch of different stuff. Pointer, hatchet, schoolroom. Release the doves, give the Lord a high five. Press it out. A lot of women like to wash the window. Wash the window. And when you're comfortable there, go for the big three. Village people, Rocky, touchdown. There you go. There's your big three. Oh, let's pray. Father, we love you so much, and we're grateful that we have the opportunity to learn more about worship. God, I pray for all the missing pieces, the missing links in our minds and in our heart tonight, uh, today, and I'm asking that you would speak to us, that you'd give us clarity and understanding, that we may walk away with a better understanding of what worship is. In Jesus' name, amen. If you will, let's turn to Psalm 103, um, verse 1 through 5. Uh, we're going to have it up on the board, so if you don't have your Bibles, that's all right. We cast judgment on you, and we will sell you one when you leave the building. I'm joking. We will not do that. All right. Uh, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle's. You know, I love that scripture because it begins with worship. It begins with let us bless and praise the name of God. And then it goes in to talk about why we're doing that. And so today I'd like to talk to you a little bit about that. I grew up in a, a Christ-centered home. My family loved the Lord. Uh, my dad was a musician and uh, got saved after he had been traveling around the United States doing this you know, uh, they called the, I think, the jazz standards and stuff. You know, you know, come fly me to the moon. He was doing the bars and all that. He had his own show and a perm, and it was really great. And um, <clears throat> so when they got saved, the Lord had said, I'm not done with you with music. I want you to still be involved, but I want you to be in the church. And so he became a worship pastor. And so I grew up around music and around my dad being a worship pastor and, and our home valuing God and valuing worship in the home. And so it was Something that from a very young age, I caught on to it, and I loved it. And I was like, man, I really want to worship God with everything within me. And I always kind of knew in the back of my heart that I was called to ministry. I just kind of knew it. And I didn't even know what that meant at four and five and six, but I just knew that I was called to be a part of that. <clears throat> I found myself over the years, though, as I began to play music and, and be used by God in youth groups and things like that, I was, I was being the worship leader, and I found myself kind of moving away from the heart of worship, if you will, and it kind of became this, like, performance. But the crazy thing about it was my heart had not changed. I still loved God, and I still wanted to worship Him and glorify Him, but for some reason, things started to get diluted, and it started to get muddy, and it, it, they didn't make sense. I started to struggle with sin that I hadn't struggled with prior, and I was like, 
what's going on, Lord? I'm worshiping you. I love you. I, I care for you so much. I had such a desire to just bless him, you know, bless his name. That's what was in my heart. I found myself years later at a place where I no longer called it worship. I called it like Christian rock or whatever, you know. And I was no longer, you know, doing the worship thing, but, but doing a Jesus thing, right? But then I, I moved from that to let's just say God, not say Jesus because we don't want to offend anybody. And then I moved from that to let's not say God at all because we really don't want to offend anybody. And let's just talk about relationships that are talking about God. And I still called this worship because I said, well, it's in my heart. I'm still worshiping. So let's look up what worship is. I just brought one definition for you today, uh, four definitions, I should say, out of one dictionary, because they all pretty much say the same in all the different English dictionaries and, of course, the biblical dictionaries. They're all pretty much the same, but let's put that up here. I'm going to go through this really quickly. There's four here that, that come from the Oxford Dictionary, and it says, the feeling or expression of reverence and adoration for a deity, religious rites and ceremonies, great admiration or devotion, honor given in recognition of merit. Now, I don't know about you, but when I read stuff like this, especially even now, like when I'm studying, I'm like, what does that even mean? Like, what is actual worship? Because I'm going to say, I, you know, I come from the charismatic community. So number one, man, that just, that works great. You know, it's just my expression to God with reverence, you know, respect and, and love and adoration for who my God is. But then I see all these other things and I'm like, wait, I got to do what? What's a right? What's a ceremony? You know, I didn't come from that. I didn't come from this, you know, uh, type of orthodoxy where we practiced all these different things, right? So what I started doing is I started getting in the Word, and I started getting these, like, these, these definitions for you to kind of understand a little bit more about what worship is. The first one that I have for what worship is is that it is a constant interaction with God by great respect and great love. It is an inner devotion, devotion expressed outward publicly, and privately. So it's something that begins on the inside, right? But then it should surface, show itself both publicly and privately. That means that even in the private place, in the place that you are praying with God, that you are with him, that you are still expressing it outwardly to God. I love you. I honor you. I bless you. I praise you. I do service in your name. I come and be a part of a worship service. I worship you. When they get to the slow songs and I get to paint the, what did he say? Wash the windows? (laughs) Second one, uh, worship is multifaceted. So I put on here, worship cannot be limited to a single idea, concept, or a single action, for it then becomes religion without relationship. I'm passionate about not saying that it becomes religion, not relationship, because we are called to have a religion. But we are having a religion that has the relationship with God Almighty at the center of the religion. The religion is there to help you understand who he is so that you can walk in relationship with God. That's why you should value the whole Bible. People are like, well, I'm a Gentile, so I'm going to stay in the New Testament. Well, you do that. But there's also some things you can learn in the Old Testament because he had it there and he has it here to this day for you to know who he is. Now, here, let's do this. Let's go a little bit further. My question is, if that is worship, this constant interaction, right, the something that's within and that it can't be limited to single concepts, single ideas, single points of action, right? Then, then why are we worshiping? Why is it so complex? I put in here Psalm 5, 7. It says, but as for me, I will come into your house in the multitude of your mercy. In fear of you, I will worship toward your holy temple. Psalm 138, 2 says, I will worship toward your holy temple. 
I will praise your name for your loving kindness and your truth. For you have magnified your word above your name. I put this in here. We worship God for, number one, who he is. And also for what he has done, what he is doing, and what he will do. Oh, I love this. I get so excited about this. Let me get passionate for a moment. We worship God because of who he is. Some of y'all worship LeBron James for who he is. But the problem is you can only have a certain point where you can worship him because someday he ain't going to be doing things he does, pushing people out of the way, whatever you want to call that is. That's not basketball. Yeah, I said it. Sit down, king. There's only one king. His name is Jesus. So anyway, sorry. Tangent. But you know what I'm saying? We worship those things and people that we show honor for and respect for and things that we can't do, right? Well, the same thing applies when it comes to God. We worship him for who he is. And then we see in his word what he has done, what he is doing, and what he will do. Amen. Amen. Let me say that again. Over here. I'm going to do it. I'm like old school. Right here. We worship him for who he is. That's the starting point. Don't be worshiping just for what he's done for you. Because if your praise and your worship is based on what he has done for you, when when something appears that he's not doing something for you, you no longer worship him. And you go to something else or someone else. LeBron James, where you at, my boy? No, negative. Right here, who he is. He is unchanging. He is powerful. He is majestic. He is loving. He is kind. He is there for you always. Then we see in his word what he's done. So then I'm going to worship him. Lord, thank you for what you've done. Thank you for bringing the people out of Egypt. Thank you for David for standing the course even when he screwed up big time. Thank you, God, for repentance. Thank you for grace. What he's doing in your life right now. Your heart changing, your mind changing, your emotions changing, forming into the image of Christ Jesus, and then what he will do. The hardest part is between what he's doing and what he will do. Because you have to make a decision that whether I understand, whether I see, whether I can feel, taste it, touch it, I'm going to praise you anyways. This is hard. This is hard because you have to get outside of yourself. You have to go beyond what your mind tells you, what your emotions will speak to you, and sometimes they are so loud. Sometimes I feel like my mind is so loud, I'm like, you're a heathen. Why are you even saying this, you know? But it's like, no, I will take that and I will submit that under God and say, God, I praise you and I worship you. I'll go do an act of service. I'll go on the worship service and I'll raise my hands. I'll do whatever it takes. Sometimes it's the worst thing in the world is because you're standing there in a worship service and you know, if I just worship, I can get out of this. But you're standing there almost paralyzed and you're like, I can't do it. It's because you won't do it. But God's saying, I'm right there with you because it's not a dead religion, remember? It's a religion that has the relationship at the core of what it is. And so right there, in the midst of your problem, the situation, you're wanting to worship if you will just submit to God, just honor him, just bless him. Right then and there, you will get the grace to be able to worship him for what he's going to do. I I find so many times that when I'm in that season, I have to cling to his word and his promises more than ever before. When I'm in the high places and God is blessing and things are moving and grooving, I've learned now to start going, okay, well, praise you, Lord, but I'm also going to be aware of that there may be some trials coming my way. And so even if there are trials coming my way and what you may call me to, I may suffer, I'm still going to rejoice because you're worthy. It's hard, but you can do it. You can do it in Christ Jesus. He's given you the grace to be able to do it. Kind of going back to my testimony. So as I am pursuing the Lord, quote, unquote, 
about the age of 16, I really felt like, man, I'm just going to go all the way. I'm going to really just do music for the rest of my life and worship God that way. I was an athlete in high school, played basketball. I was a starting point guard by uh, the age of 16, 17 years old. And um, because of my height, it was like a desired height for point guards in college. So I had some colleges, some Division three and Division two colleges calling, emailing. I was still in the first service. I believe it was AOL back then. That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> and all that stuff, you know. We had web TV. How many of you had web TV before? I don't know. Nobody? I was like, the young adults tried to raise their hand in the first service. I was like, no, you didn't. They didn't have web TV. You were like six, you know. But um, anyways, uh, I, I just found myself not even caring about college, not even caring about the opportunities that were coming my way because I was just so passionate about worship. And so I, I found myself 10 years later, 25, 26 years old, we had moved, my wife and I had moved to Austin, Texas to pursue a rock career. Um, not even sure what that means. <laughs> pursue a career in music. And um, when we were there, I found myself really starting to struggle with sin like I had never struggled before. We knew that God had called us to Texas, but I just assumed that it was for music, for worship. It's what I do, you know, which I don't even say the name of Jesus or God anymore, but I'm worshiping him, right? You got to reach the lost, man. You got to be all things to all people. Yeah, except for not leave Jesus out. Hello. <clears throat> so we're there, and I find myself like almost out of control when it came to pornography and the lust and anger. I mean, anything you name it, I was beginning to struggle so bad. And I was telling the first service, the, the way that things were for me is I, I can't judge someone who's grown up in the church or hasn't grown up in the church and it's like, see how they're living? I can't base it on, well, you didn't grow up in the church, or you didn't grow up in the church. I find that many more that grew up in the church struggle a lot more than those in the world. And so here I was, 25 years old, and practically on the verge of being addicted to pornography. But the thing is, my heart had not changed. I still loved God. I still wanted to worship Him. And I still felt that I was worshiping Him with what I was doing. And then it happened. One day I was in bed, and I remember the Lord called me and just, like, spoke to me. It freaked me out. thought it was the devil. It's like, because I'm going to go look at pornography, right, because I'm struggling with it. And I'm laying there, and I hear this voice. It says, why don't you get up out of bed and come spend some time with me? I was like, no, turn over, turn over. But, you know, back and forth for another 15 minutes. I heard it a second time. Why don't you get up out of bed and come spend some time with me? That time I started rebuking. You know, we charismatics, I rebuke you, Satan. Anything we don't agree with, in the name of Jesus, I'm not taking that promotion. I don't agree with that, you know. And the third, the third time I heard him say it, I remembered the story of Samuel. And then I was like, I was such a <laughs> bad theologian at that time. I was like, how many times did he get called? This might be the last one. <laughs> and so I got up. And I went out in the living room, and I got my Bible, and I got my notebook. And he asked me, what do you want from me? And at that time, that was such a real question because I had been living my life so far away from the reality of what a Christian should live. I had found myself bound by the sins that I spoke against. And he, in his mercy and his love, says to me, what do you want? And he didn't say it like, what do you want, kid? He says to me, son, what do you want? You're just running around doing things. What do you want? And I just told him, I said, I just want to know you. I was reading over the journal this week. He was literally, I just want to know you. I just want to serve you. I just want to honor you. I just want to worship you. 
I want my life to be worth something in your eyes. And he said, the problem is you love me, but you don't respect me. You don't fear and honor me as God. He's like, if you notice every definition, there's nine out of ten times when you see worship, whether in the, the, the biblical context or in the, uh, you know, our, our world as we know it today, in the dictionaries, all they ever say is something about fear, reverence, respect, and love. It doesn't say one or the other. It says together. And I realized that I had loved God from the very beginning. I wanted to worship Him, but somewhere along the way, I lost sight of what it means to actually honor and respect God. The thing is, when you fear God, it's not being afraid of Him. It's saying, it's acknowledging that you're greater, you're higher, you're stronger, that you destroy, you, you, could, you created the world with a word, you can destroy it with a word. You won't because of your mercy and your love and your kindness, because you promised us, but you could. And by doing that, you then begin to obey what He tells you to do. And when you obey the principles of the word, you get life. Life. And then it starts all over again, and your worship goes right back. Lord, I praise you, and I worship you for who you are. I thank you for what you've done. I thank you for what you're doing right now, taking me out of the situation, and what you will do. I found myself, y'all, coming alive. Remember, I didn't go to college because I was going to be a rock star for Jesus, whatever that meant. And I remember my mind started changing. I remember having thoughts of what does this word, is this a word? And I would come to my wife, and I was like, this is really weird. But I read this, and I think, I think I know how to say it. Is it superlapsarianism? And she's like, what would you say? Superlapsarianism. And that would, these things would just come in my mind. I remember all of a sudden all of my frailties, my insecurities, and my weaknesses became my strengths. And that when I needed it most, God gave it to me when I was respecting and honoring him who he was and loving him and adoring him. My heartbeat today is that you would walk away with an understanding that God has called us to respect Him and honor Him for God. Because in the beginning was not God the Father. In the beginning was God, and He created. And from there, He saw the fall of man. He restored and made us one with Christ Jesus, which makes us sons and daughters of God. Amen. I get so excited about that because it was so impossible. But God did it. He wants to know that he loves you, that he cares for you. But you've got to respond by walking with him day in and day out. Let me give you a couple points. I know everybody's always asking, what do I do? And I just have three that I really want to encourage you with. The first one most people don't like, and that's repent. Repentance is a good thing, y'all. It's, it's just a big, bad word that's been used inappropriately in churches. But repentance is saying, I'm sorry, Lord, and turning from that and never doing it again. And the good thing is every time you humble yourself and do that and repent, God gives you another grace so that you don't do it again. And if you do, if you humble yourself, there's a grace that comes and helps you so you don't do it again. I love it. And I want to say that whether it's from ignorance or disobedience on your part because you're not worshiping God correctly, just repent, man. He's still worth it. Romans says that the invisible attributes of creation are visibly seen and known by the created. That means that we can see the invisible attributes, which I think is just an oxymoron. Second one is let go and ask for help. Surrender. A lot of men really struggle with this because you know God's made you to be the head and the leader and whatever situation you're in. 
But you actually make yourself stronger when you admit that I cannot do this without you. And I cannot control this situation. I cannot control people. But I can let go of that control and ask you for help. And you will give me the strength that I need. And I worship you, God. I worship you and I praise you for who you are. Third thing, believe his word and stand firm on his promises. I'm so passionate about this, not because I'm like the word is the best thing in the world and there's nothing else, but God valued it so much that he calls his son the word. He doesn't call his son praise. He doesn't call his son worship. He doesn't call his son, uh, you know, any other attribute that we see or thing that has pertained to Christianity. He calls him the word, which lives forever. And when you believe the word and you worship despite your understanding, you start seeing the promises of God become the reality of your life. I really believe that God wants to shake up our hearts and our minds and wants to get his people back to a place of pure adoration and respect for who he is because he wants you to have the fullness of who he is. Would you stand with me for a moment? I want to pray over you, so if you just bow your heads for a few moments. I just want to take a, don't check out just yet. I want you to take a few moments here, and I, I really want you just to be very intentional with your response here with the Lord. I know we got to get to lunch. I know we got things going on. But I want us to take a moment and just have an introspective moment where we look inside our hearts and allow God to speak to us and reveal to us whether we've been ignorant or disobedient in areas of our life where we can begin to worship with everything within us and bless his name at all times. Right now, what I'd like to do is if you believe that there was something that God spoke to you today that, that calls forth a response from your heart, I just want you to raise your hand as an outward depiction, if you will, that inside your heart you have made a decision. Raise your hand high, please. Don't be afraid. We're a family here. This is a church that values and honors and respects one another. And I see all these hands, and I want you to know that God sees your heart before you even raise your hand. Father, I pray over every individual right now in this room who has raised their hand. God, I'm asking in the name of Jesus that you would mend the broken hearts, that you would restore those things which were lost, that you will move on their behalf for them, you will provide for them whether that's financially, physically, emotionally, mentally, it does not matter what it is, God, you are there and you are our provider. We acknowledge that you are God and God alone. And we acknowledge that you love us and care for us and watch over us. And you're never finished with us because you care for us. And Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that peace would come over minds right now and hearts. Revelation of who you are would be a daily thing for every individual in this room. heads bow with me for a moment. I want to just minister one more little piece here as we go to close out. Maybe you're sitting in here today and you're like, man, I don't feel that I have a relationship with the living God. Y'all keep talking about that today. I heard you say it over and over again. I don't feel like I have that. I have the greatest news you'll ever hear. Not only can you have that today, but all of heaven has been orchestrating your life to get to this moment 
where you can receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. I want you to ask yourself this simple question. If I died today, something tragic happened. I left here, was heading to lunch or wherever, and it's at the intersection up the road, and light turns green, and I go across the intersection, and, and this guy texting on his phone comes through in a dump truck, hits the side of my car, I'm immediately killed. And I stand in front of Jesus Christ. What will he say to you? Will he welcome you? Say, oh, I know you weren't perfect. <laughs> Listen, I know, I get it. But you loved me and you served me the best you knew how. Or will he look at you and say, man, why did why'd you keep pushing me away? Day in, day out, I tried to reach out to you. Day in, day out, you saw the sunrise, the sunset. You could see my goodness in things. Oh, but God, you don't know what happened. This person did me dirty back in the day. Yeah, but what does that have to do with us? Listen, friend, I got such a clarity, clear, excuse me, a clear warning for you. Don't push him away when he's dealing with your heart. Respond. That's how you have a great relationship. So you respond. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, if, if you're not a Christian or you're away from God and you want to come home, Pastor Ryan was talking about God's lordship, about the respect and the fear and admonition of the Lord that, that I come to a place where I, I fall in love with him again. And that love is connected directly to the fact that he's God. And I respect him as a result. I don't disrespect him by sloppily going back and forth in this relationship. Today, you're ready to seal this deal. You're ready to serve the Lord. You're ready to be right with the Lord. With no one looking around, I need you to have some courage today and admit that to yourself. Because only when you come to admit it in a relationship that's broken can you have restoration. So, my wife and I, we don't get along that well. I know, until you admit what you're doing in that, to create that process and that problem, you can't have restoration. And so today, Jesus has done everything he can to get your attention, to win your heart. The question is, will you respond? Will you own the fact that it's your turn now to respond to that? But no one looking around, if I'm speaking to you, it's like God's tugging at your heart. And you know it's time to get right with the Lord. You know it's time to make him the Lord of your life, to declare him as Savior over your life and to serve him with no one looking around if that's you I want to pray with you I won't humiliate you I won't embarrass you but I got to pray with you if that's you would you be bold enough to lift your hand and say pastor that's me pray for me I'm ready to be right with the Lord God bless you ladies God bless you thank you sweetheart thank you sir for your honesty thank you thank you so much for your honesty thank you sir you're a great man you're a great man I can see it already thank you ma'am you're a beautiful beautiful person thanks for your honesty Thank you so much. Amen. I see your hand back there too. God bless you. Give just a couple seconds. I don't want to belabor the point. I just, I just want to give you a chance. I know sometimes it's so hard. so hard to come out, of, come out of the fear that what's going to happen here. But I need you to know God loves you. And he's, he's not looking to hurt you. But he's looking to embrace you. Anybody else? Two seconds. One. And we're done. All hands down. Now I want to lead you in a prayer. A prayer of repentance. Those that lifted your hand, listen to me. Listen to me. All you need to do is embrace God today. He's already paid for it on the cross. You embrace that. And it's from, as Pastor Ryan said, it's from that place of love and relationship that he begins to work out your religion. He begins to work out the wickedness that's still attached to you, that's still the, the dumb decisions that we make. It's called sanctification, and it's a process. But today is the day of dedication and coming into relationship. So those who lifted your hand, I want to pray a prayer with you and I want you to repeat this prayer 
In fact, I'd like everyone in the audience to pray this out loud with those who lifted their hand. And I want you to mean it with all of your heart. Say, Jesus. Come on, out loud. Jesus, today, in front of everybody, I admit I need you. I admit I'm a sinner. I admit that I've gone my own way. But today, I humble myself and I say, I need you, Jesus. I declare, I need you, Jesus. And in front of all of these people, and in front of heaven and all of earth, I ask you now, forgive me of my sin. Wash me clean. Make me yours. Because I declare, Jesus is my Lord. And from this day forward, I will serve you all my life. I will be yours. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Write my name in your book of life. And I'll serve you forever. In Jesus' name. Keep your head bowed. Father, I pray right now for every man and woman who lifted their hand. And they had the courage to say, that's me. Sir, you're talking about me. Lord, I pray right now they would feel and sense and just know in their knower that not only are they forgiven, but they're, that they're cleansed and they're made right. And Lord God, that as they walk out of this place today, they can hold their head up high and say, you know what? I'm not, the, I'm not the smartest. I'm not the brightest. But I tell you what, I made the best decision of my life just now. And Lord, as they walk out, that they'll sense that you're guiding them and protecting them and watching over them and then Lord I know it's a new relationship for them or maybe an old busted relationship that that they still have the baggage of of the disappointment Lord I pray right now Lord God that that would all become new now and they would recognize oh I've got a new relationship with the Lord and that old things have passed away and that Lord God that they would sense that you're speaking to them and that you're embracing them and and that things would just begin to happen for them and and they go wow there you are there you are I see you and that when they sit uh, in their living room Lord God instead of watching hours of TV, they'll just sit and say, God, are you there? And Can you talk to me? And when they read the Bible, it'll make sense maybe for the first time because they are right with you. And I bless that interaction and I bless and seal them now in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen and amen.